I'm Sarah. I'm Shruti. And I'm Grace. And we're the book hoes. In this week's episode, we are going to be talking about our main topic of discussion is When You Get the Chance by Emma Lord. That was our somewhat group read for January. And uh, so you'll be hearing our thoughts on that, as well as we'll be reading your thoughts that you may or may not have sent in that are that you may have sent in. If you didn't send them in, we won't be reading those. But anyway, um, we're also going to be talking about the Shadow and Bone new casting announcements that were put out first. So stay tuned for that. But first, we can get into what we've read in the past few weeks. So, uh, Grace, what have you been reading? You know, Sarah, I've been reading a decent amount. Hey, um, nice. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm in my reading era. So, my what are you? Um, the first thing that I read during this time was Winter's Orbit by Everina Maxwell. And not that it's a competition or that we really need to be keeping track of these things, but I just want to say that not only was this a sci-fi book, it's also a book that I got from my shelf that I already owned. So I met two of my um, reading goals that we talked about last week. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Look at that. Um, I know. So it was really, really good. So here's a little story. It's it's little. it, It won't take up that much time. So like... God, I guess it was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago now, I was quarantining. I'm fine. I was negative. Everyone is alive. Um, but I quarantined like for a week, and so I was really bored. So I was like, during this time, I should really like be reading things, you know, to pass the time. But every book I started, either I didn't really like it, or it just wasn't for me at the time. I literally started four other books (laughs) during this time um and then finally I was like I'm giving up and I'm gonna start this one and this was the one that stuck it was really good it is a sci-fi romance novel um the plot is that there's these two guys from these different planets um and one of the guys, his name is Janen. He was married to the other guy. His name is Keem. So Keem's cousin was like a, they're in like a royalty line or whatever. Keem's cousin was married to Janen from two different planets. And it's so that their planets can be like, you know, have a political alliance sort of thing. Well, then the cousin dies, but they still need to keep the p- political alliance. So they hatch an arranged marriage between Janen, same guys before, who's now a widow. And is the guy's, the dead guy's cousin, which is the other main character, which is a really bad way of explaining it. But basically arranged marriage, um, you know, what's not to like. It was very like tropey. Um, they get like snowed in to like a tent and have to brave the wilderness mm. at one point. So very tropey. Um, the characterization was really good. I loved both of them so much. They were great characters. The romance was really great. There were like fade to black sex scenes instead of explicit sex scenes which I personally enjoy maybe not everyone else but I love me a good fade to black I don't want to I just don't want it I just don't want it um and there was also like a little mystery because the um the cousin who died at first you think he's like he's like a pilot so at first you think it was just like an accident but then towards as the story goes on you start to think perhaps there was foul play and so you have to figure out what's going on with that too it was really really good um we've had a discussion before about books that feel like fan fiction in like a good way or in a bad way this is definitely a good way and I also found out that it was actually it was originally fan fiction (laughs) but it was originally like an original work 
Like it was originally posted on Archive of Our Own. Characters' names, I assume, were the same. Like it was an original work that oh. people liked enough that she published it. So I thought that was interesting to learn. And I could definitely tell. But in a good way. In a good way. Um, yeah, I gave it five stars. It was great. It was great. Um, so that's one book I read. I also read three graphic novels. Um and they were in a series, and that series is Spider-Man slash Deadpool, which is a Marvel comic. Why did I read this? I just don't know. But I had a good time. So <laughs> the vibes were just hitting. The vibes, they really were hitting. They were. And like sometimes when you read Marvel comics, you're like, I have no idea what's going on. Because it's like you also have to read these other ones, but I didn't, I don't want to read those. I just want to read these. But now I don't know what's going on in these because I didn't read those. And it sucks. But sometimes you can follow along without having read those. And this was one of those times. There were still some references where I was like, there was a reference where it was like, Hawkeye killed Hulk. And I was like, that sucks for him. <laughs> Hope he gets better. I don't know what that's about. And they offhandedly mentioned it. And I was like, all right, anyway, moving on. Um, but other than that, it was, it was good. It was a good time. So I read those. Uh, which also means, again, not that we're keeping track, but I've technically now read three out of the five graphic novels I said I was going to read this year, and we're only halfway through Good January. Look Thank at that. You. Wow. Okay. Um, then the last book I'm here to talk about is, wait, just kidding. It's not. I lied. Anyway, I also read The Matzo Ball by Jean Meltzer. I mentioned this. It took me a really long time to finish this book. That is not a testament to how good the book was. The book was very good. I just wasn't in the mood. And I was also listening to it on audiobook. And like, I just haven't had uh, situations lately where I've had time to listen to an audiobook. But I, I finally finished it. It was, I kind of used it as like background noise. And it was a cute little book. Um, it's a Jewish romance. The characters like met at Jewish summer camp when they were younger and they had little crushes on each other and then something happened where they ended on bad terms and now they are reunited once again. Um, and the girl, the heroine has um, chronic illness, which I thought was a really good representation. And they talk about that a lot. The author also has chronic illness and talks about it a lot in the author's note. So that was a really nice representation that I enjoyed and overall it was a good book. So yeah. Wait, and then and Grace also shared with us that she tweeted about oh, yeah. the book and the husband of the author liked, liked it. He did. I tweeted Supportive about the King. Yeah. <laughs> he literally so has I, in his bio, proud hubby of the amazing Jean <laughs> Meltzer, author of the Matzo Ball. I was like, wow. We love it. We love that. He, we stand. Uh, a male wife. Yes. If there ever was exactly. one. Not, I don't want to speak for him, but. Um, she does also talk about an author's note. She talks about her husband. She was like, he's so supportive of me and I love him so much. Aww. And you know what? Wow. The real romance was there all along. <laughs> anyway, I also finished When You Get the Chance by Emma Lord, which we will talk about momentarily. And then the last thing I'm here to talk about is, oh, I also started Weather Girl by Rachel Lynn Solomon, but I'm not very far in that. And I know Sarah's also started it, so I'll let her talk about it because I'm not very far at all. I'm listening to the audiobook, but so far I do enjoy it. And then last but not least, I am almost finished, but not quite finished, with Lock Every Door by Riley Sager. A, I hesitate to say a podcast favorite, but it is a author we have referred to many times on the podcast. Um, Sarah's read several of his books. 
I've read several of his books. Shruti has read one of his books. Um, forced to, but it's forced fine. To forcibly read one of his books. Is he a good author? No, actually. No, he's not. Um, but his books are entertaining. And this one is about a, it's basically like a Lifetime movie, but in a book form. So if you like Lifetime movies and good for that you. That is one way I, of describing a book. Wow. That is, that's so true. Like his Thank books, you. they're so entertaining, but they're like the one, um, what's the one, The Last Time I Lied? That one I actually really, really enjoyed, but it was definitely like a Lifetime movie. I l- really enjoyed it because of the the ending, but they're all, that's so true. Is Thank he you. good? Like you said, he's not, I wouldn't even call him a good author, but his books are they the entertainment level is so high it's true um yeah so this one I haven't read the last time I lied yet that's the only one of his that I don't own I genuinely own all of his other books um including this one but the plot is this girl is really poor kind of broke she's in between jobs she sees like a listing for an apartment sitter. I have no idea if this is a real job. It probably isn't because it sounds too good to be true, which is true for the book as well. Um, but basically you live in this apartment and in the book, the apartment is really nice in this really nice building called the Bell. It doesn't matter what it's called. I can't remember anyway. <laughs> she lives in this apartment and they keep her, you know, they want an apartment sitter because they want the place to have like a nice atmosphere when someone comes to visit and it hasn't, you can't tell that it's just been lying vacant because that's bad, bad vibes, evidently. And so they're paying her a shit ton of money to just live in this apartment and do nothing else, um, like $1,000 a week, which is crazy. And so she's like, hell yeah, because she's broke. Um, so she moves in, but then some weird stuff starts happening, as one might imagine from a Riley Sager book. And it's good so far. Um, I will sit here and say it is startlingly similar to a TV show that dropped on Netflix this week called Ooh. Archive 81. And I'm starting to get scared by how similar it was. The Archive of Ar- uh, This is not a TV show podcast, but in case anyone wanted to know, it's a TV show. Jason Bloom is an executive producer. He made the Conjuring movies. It just came out as of recording this past Friday. I watched every single eight episode of it <laughs> on Saturday. Um, and it's about this guy who is an archivist and he gets hired by this shady company who's paying him an exorbitant amount of money. That's not a word. Is exorbitant a word? Yeah. Exorbitant. Exorbitant. Whatever. Sure. (laughs) A lot of money, um, to go through these tapes that this woman filmed when she was living in this apartment building in the nineties and the apartment building mysteriously burned down and the tapes survived and he's going through the tapes to see if he can figure out what happened to the apartment building. And then weird stuff starts happening to him. And the shady company is getting shadier, even though they're paying him a bunch of money. And then weird stuff starts happening to the girl who's filming these things in the apartment. And as I was watching the TV show, I was like, this is a lot like this book I'm reading. But the main difference is there's like cult stuff in this TV show. At least we don't have that. And then I started reading the book again. And there's cult stuff in the book. And I'm I'm scared. But um. <laughs> Both are good. So if you really like weird apartments, check out um, check out Lock Every Door by Riley Sager and Archive of 81 on Netflix. Archive 81 on Netflix. Yeah. Um, Sarah, what have you been reading this week? <laughs> Similar to Grace, I've also been reading like a good amount, more than my usual. Uh, we'll get to Shruti in a second. I thank you for picking <laughs> me next. So I'm not like coming after Shruti. Like I read a lot You're welcome. too. Um, 
but uh, I finished uh, When You Get the Chance by Emma Lord. I think last time we recorded, I was like halfway through. And obviously we're going to talk about this, that this episode. Um, when I finished When You Get the Chance, I also completed one of my New Year's resolutions. And I picked up a nonfiction book. It was like Ooh. memoir style. So, but I did complete my goal of reading one nonfiction book this year. And that was I Miss You When I Blink by Mary Laura Philpott. Um, it was an essay collection, actually. So I've never read something like that before, but I loved it. I It wasn't anything like crazy or special, but I loved just the essay format and how she just, her life was very like, I would say it was pretty ordinary. Like there wasn't anything like crazy happening, but it was just like kind of her observations about things, just like stories from her day-to-day life. Um, but it wasn't boring. It was very engaging. And I just, I had a really good experience reading it. So if you're looking for something, if you're like curious about, I guess, essay collections or like nonfiction or like memoir, but it's not like super intense. It's just kind of like someone's life. Um, I definitely recommend giving that one a try. Um, I don't necessarily think I'm not like, oh, this is groundbreaking or anything, but it was, it was good. I had a good time. Um, I had a good time with it. Um, after I finished that, I started, I am currently in the middle of three books. So these next three books I have not finished yet. Um, it is stressing me out a little bit, but the way things happen is I finished, I miss you when I blink on a Sunday, I read it in two days on the Saturday and the Sunday. And, um, my hold for our violent ends came in from the library. Um, and I started reading that. But then I started reading that on the Monday, but then Weather Girl came out the next day on the following Tuesday. So I was like, oh man, I really want to read that too. So then I started reading Weather Girl and I haven't picked up Our Violent Ends. So I don't know, but I'm, I'm only like 50 pages into Our Violent Ends and it is really good. So I'm hoping I'll finish that one um, soon because I do really want to get back to it, but I am reading Weather Girl also, like I said. Uh, Weather Girl is by Rachel Lynn Solomon. I should have specified Grace, but Grace already mentioned it. Um, she's the author of The X Talk, which was one of my absolute favorite books of last year. Um, I'm about 30% of the way into Weather Girl and I'm enjoying it so far, not as much as The X Talk, but who knows, maybe that'll change. Um, it's definitely going a little bit slower for me than The X Talk did, but it's not like bad. I'm just not as like engaged with it. Um, the main character has depression, which I really, and not that like, I like, I like it or anything, <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's good to, to read about. And I think it's a really like, um, accurate or could for some people could be an accurate portrayal of, um, depression, and everything. And it's talked about in a really like normalized way and everything. Um, it's just, you know, something that the main character deals with. Um, and the love interest as, Rachel Lynn Solomon said on her Instagram post is a DILF. So, you know, if you <laughs> like DILF stories, this one's for you. And um, yeah, so I'm enjoying it so far. I will keep you updated. I'm sure by the next time we'll record, I will have finished it hopefully. Um, and then the third book that I am in the middle of is The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. This is kind of like a mystery domestic thriller type story. I'm listening to it on audiobook. And it's good. It's just there are so many like characters and there's some like family like tree nonsense involved. And maybe I would like it better if I was like reading it physically so I could have an easier time keeping track of the characters because the audiobook, there are certain parts that I've had to rewind a couple of times to like fully grasp like where people sit on the family tree and everything. 
Um, but it's not that it's a really interesting story. There's a lot of twists and everything. Um, it's about a woman whose husband is a like a stakeholder in a company and they find out that the company has been committing fraud and her husband disappears once the um, allegations that the company's been committing fraud go public instead of turning himself in he's on the run and they're trying to figure out why is he on the run why didn't he just turn himself in Um, and they find out that he may not have been who they thought he was so very interesting very cool I'm almost done I have like 28 minutes left on the audiobook or something like that so I will finish that probably tomorrow on my commute to work but yeah, that's uh, that's everything I've been reading, which is, I would like to say I'm in my my reading era too. Like Grace <laughs> said, I've been reading a lot lately. Uh, so I feel pretty good about that. And I've been reading some pretty good stuff. So, and I did meet one of my New Year's goals. So I'm pretty happy about that. But now let's, uh, let's, let's keep that in mind. This is good for me and Grace <laughs> as we move on to sh- what Shruti has been reading recently. So go ahead, Shruti. Um, I would like to say that I think the book hoes are in our reading era, which I think is yeah. for all of us. Yeah, you'd finally. Think, you'd think that with a name like the book hoes, there would be no such thing as a reading era. Like that would just be like the our norm. state, right. But it, it is simply not. So this is actually great news this is for great everyone. For us. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, unlike Grace and Sarah, I have not touched any of my reading goals for the year. Granted, I don't actually remember what any of my goals were. So who knows? Maybe I have. But anyway, um, I did read quite a bit. So we'll go through all of them. Um, so last time I mentioned, I was like almost done with When the Time is Right by M. Maybe and Ali Martinez. Um, this is a friends to lovers romance. Um, it's also a single dad. And what I really liked about this one. So the dad, the, the hero is a dad, obviously, but his like the cope, he's cope, his co-parent is still in the picture. And like, so that is, that's actually part of like the third act conflict and everything. And so I thought that was really great. Um, there's lots of friends to lovers vibes and actually the heroine, um, is a, like her, her fiance like died. And so she has to deal with all of that as well. So like they're both, but they've known each other for like all their lives. So it's kind of like second chance ish for both of them, but just not with each other. Um, I really love this. I think Ali Martinez does a really, really great job with uh, friends to lovers. Um, both of them are really, really great characters. And I really love the heroine because she was like super crazy and loud and weird, but like the hero never tried to like dim her. I thought that was really great. And I thought they were really great balance. Um, so I really like this one. I gave this one five stars. Um, then I read Duke Actually by Jenny Holiday. Oh, yeah. Um, I knew you read yes. that. Never mind. Carry on. <laughs> um, this was a technically a holiday romance. Um, it is a royal romance as well. The hero is a duke. Um, but uh, what, this is actually, I think, a sequel to another book, which I had not read. So it's standalone. But basically, um, the heroine's best friend and the hero's ex-fiance, also slash best friend, are getting married. Um, because it was, ori- it was originally like a arranged marriage that they were supposed to get married. But then, you know, she fell in the... That, whatever the queen fell in love with someone else they're getting married and now these two know each other um I really liked this one for the most part so like there's something this one was really like conflicted for me so I gave it like three stars on goodreads um I think technically it's like a 3.5 but usually I round up this one I did not um I thought the friends to lovers vibes were great I really liked the characters I thought they were super well developed um I thought they were like they had flaws but they were interesting flaws and like they balanced each other out and all of that but there were two really weird things for me um, like somewhere like 30% away of the book, which is kind of like late into the book for this, the hero sleeps with another woman. And it's not like, it's not on the page. So you don't like see it, but like, you know, like, but basically he's in the room with the other woman while he's on the phone with the heroine. But there's like no internal thought about, like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Or like, it didn't feel good or whatever. Like usually what you would expect in a romance. So I thought that was really weird. And that was very off-putting for me. Um, 
I don't know. So I didn't like that part. Also, the third act conflict bugged me. It was just annoying and frustrating. Um, I liked the I liked how it was resolved and I liked the epilogue, but I did not like the third act conflict very much. So this one I gave three stars to. It was fine, um, especially if you want like a holiday read. I think it was good. And maybe the things that bothered me wouldn't bother you. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. Um, and especially I really love the friends to lover stuff going on there. Then I read um, Waiting for Love by Lacey Black. Um, this one was like a neighbors, rivals to lovers, enemies to lovers, vibes, whatever. Um, the heroine is like a always a bridesmaid, never a bri bride situation. Like all her friends are getting married. Um, and but it turns out that she's going to her last friend is getting married. And it turns out she's getting married to the hero's brother. So they're here. They're, so they're both there and they get paired off together. Um, it was a weird one. I liked the resolution. But like, I think by the end, the heroine was really bugging me. So I didn't, I don't know. It was just, there wasn't quite what I wanted. Um, so again, I gave this one a 3.5 right and down to a three. Um, for those of you who are fans of Bridgerton and know things about season two, I thought this was amusing to me because the, the characters' names are Penelope and Theo. Thought that was funny. If you don't know, you don't know, but it's fine. Um, then I read Quince, uh, Christmas in Quincy by Devney Perry. This is a novella. Um, it is a bodyguard grumpy sunshine novella, which was really fun. And it's very short and it's basically just like to set up um basically you know it's basically what it says it's a, the the heroine runs away and the bodyguard follows her without her knowledge and then they have an argument and like he like refuses to leave etc cetera, etc cetera. she's a baker so she like storms into the um hotel's kitchen and starts baking things it's great um it was cute um what i really what this is it does set up the edens um series that devney perry's writing and i actually started reading them and i'll come back to that later um but so that was fun, cute, you know, but it was a novella. So, you know, whatever it is, but I really liked it because it was from Sunshine and I've slowly started to realize I'm okay with Grumpy Sunshine if done well. So it's fine. Uh, meanwhile, I'm a slut for Grumpy Sunshine. <laughs> yes, we know. we know. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Now to talk about the best thing I have read so far this year um, is a duology. And I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. Grace and Sarah absolutely need to read this duology because they will both absolutely love the fuck out of this. So the first book is called Dance of Thieves by Mary Pearson. And the second book is called Vow of Thieves. Oh, I've this heard is a, of that. Yeah. yeah, it's a young adult fantasy. Um, it is so good. Like, I love it. I read it like last weekend. Pitch it I'm to still, us, Trudy. I'm absolutely still obsessed. Just the first book. This is only the first book. The first book goes from Enemies to reluctant allies, to friends, to lovers, to enemies again, to reluctant reluctant friends again, to lovers, to enemies again, to lovers again. So they know more. Say no more. Say no more. I just pressed want to read on Goodreads. Yeah, you do that um, too. It is so good. Like, and it has all the other tropes because like at, at the beginning of the book, they're like running away together. So there's all like the, they have to like cuddle for warmth, all that kind of stuff going on. Um, again, they try to kill each other a couple of times. Really awesome. Great stuff. I'm guessing Plus, since you read it, the whole series is out by now. It's a duology. So duology. it's just two books. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So okay. the second awesome. book, meanwhile, can be, well, there's times where I was frustrated, but like in a good way, like I was screaming at the book to be like, get it together. But like in the good way, the plot is excellent. Like I was, I was hooked into, I read the whole thing in a whole weekend. What's um, the plot? Basically. So, okay. So before I tell you the plot, so the, there's apparently a trilogy that was written before this that like takes place before this called the Rembrandt, the Rembrandt trilogy or something like that. Oh. I have not read it. I did not read it. Um, so a little bit at the beginning of the first book, I had to like pick up the world building. So that was a little bit confusing at time, but I did figure it out. Basically there was a war at one point. Oh, there, there was the a kiss of yeah. deception is the first one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was like, oh, so the, that, that used the, to be so a classic. Is, 
I was gonna yeah. say that was a really big book so that's like a prequel that's the se- that's the prequel to it yeah so like okay. the the main character becomes the queen sorry if that's spoilers I don't know at this point um and so she like sends off the main character of the the dance of thieves to a mission and like that's like the whole point of it and the mission takes her to uh so Kazi is the is the heroine she's like one of the queen's uh, soldiers she's supposed to be sent on this undercover mission and she's expecting to go to the um jace's kingdom where for her father where he's supposed to be king but her fa- but his father just died so jace becomes is like now like the king um so and then you know things happen um basically she's going there to like look into um a, like a criminal of war from like the previous battle from the previous books but things happen etc cetera, etc cetera. that's the mainly like the plot of the first book and then the second book there is the villain comes into the works and then like lots of things happen. And I don't want to say too much because, you know, spoilers. And I do think going into it without knowing too much is like the best way of knowing it. Just knowing that uh, Kazi and Jace are everything to me and I would die for them um, is all that you need to know is really my point. So basically everyone should read this duology. I absolutely love it. And if she were to go back to this world, so like write by some of the secondary characters would totally be on board as well because they were really fun. Um, Jace has a ton of siblings. So like there is like a whole cast of characters. Plus Kazi has some like really close friends who are basically her sisters. So really into it, absolutely obsessed, highly recommend, especially if you like YA fantasy, but also just if you enjoy a good romance, because the romance really was the heart and soul of this book, which is probably why I loved it so much. But there was still like a really important plot and like fantasy stuff going on, especially for the second book, which is because I mean, I don't want to spoil things, but basically the romance is there, but it's like <clears throat> a little bit more like in the background, but, but the plot holds it together. So even though the, but the romance is obviously still important. So both of those are really great. Everyone should read it, especially Grace and Sarah. I just placed it on hold at the library. As you should. So hopefully it says six weeks. So we'll see. <laughs> Mine's not on Libby. I checked, but I can always get the physical copy from the library. Mm. Those if exist. nothing else, this could be a future group read. So we'll see. We'll see. Because mm. I would not be opposed to reading it again and absorbing mm. it again. So um, then after that, I was like, had such a bad book, book hangover. So I was like, I can't, I don't know what to read. So let me just read a crappy book that I just need to get out of the way. So I read Jet by Sawyer Bennett. Um, it's a hockey romance. Son a man. Um, yes, Jet is the man, is the hero. No, no, no um, the author. Oh, Sawyer Bennett is not a man. No, it's a woman. Oh. Yeah. She just has, yeah, she just has the name of two first Crazy names. sounded yeah. so suspicious. Is that a man? <laughs> is that a man? <laughs> Leave me. If I was reading a man, I would, I would let you know if I was reading a, a work by a man. Um, this was whatever i gave it three stars hockey romance um sawyer bennett just doesn't know how to write a plot i feel like like i i'm okay with no plot just vibes and romances that's really fine but then like your romance needs to be really great this one was fine but then there was also no plot there's like no conflict and i was like i can't i can't i don't know whatever it was fine whatever um then i read when you get the chance by emma lord we will get to that and then i went back to debbie perry and her the eden series and i read indigo rich um and this is the first book in her series it's built as uh, enemies to lovers. I don't really get the enemies to lovers, um, but it is very small town. Um, I really is did it, really love that. Are these also um, bodyguard too? This is not a bodyguard. This one, so she's actually um, the new chief. So she becomes the chief of police and he is like a cattle. He, I know, I know. But <laughs> I was like, okay, because it was a woman. And then he is the, he's like a rancher. He owns a farm. I'm um, not really a farm. He owns a ranch. And um, basically they have like, oh, it's a lust at first sight. They have a one night stand, both thinking the other is a tourist, um, except that they're not tourists and they have to like spend all the time together. 
Um, and then there's a murder. So this is the one thing about this one is there is a big murder mystery going on. She's obviously, you know, involved in, in like inspecting stuff. Um, and I really, cause he finds a body on his property. And so all that stuff has to happen. Um, I really like that one. This one reminded me a lot of Steel King, which I talked about last year. Um, it had a lot of the same vibes where like, there's a murder mystery involved and both characters have to work to like, are brought together because of it. Um, lust at first sight again, where they have like a lot of chemistry and they're trying not to like, they're trying to like stay away from each other. It's not necessarily the best thing for them, but they can't. Um, and they happen to, you know, hang out together and they're just like, you know, what, we're just, we'll stop fighting it and we're just gonna be together, which I do appreciate about Daphne Perry's romances is usually by like, they're trying to fight for like the first 30, 40, 40% of the book, but like, we're, I'm not going to be with you. And then they like finally give in and they're not doing that for the entire course of the book, which I appreciate. Um, so I did like this one. I gave this one four stars. Um, it was a good start to the series. And then the next book is about the hero's brother, because it's about the Edens family and it's called Jun Juniper Hill. And I'm like 80% of the way through. I'm basically at the calm before the storm of the third. Like, I don't know what the third act conflict is yet because I'm like right about where it's going to start. Um, and this one is about um, Knox, which is the brother and uh, Memphis. That's my cat's name. Or my dog's, my dad's cat, I guess. Yeah. And um, Memphis is a new mom. And she basically drives all the way from New York to Montana because this takes place in Montana. It's a small town. Um, and she's like starting a new life. And she's going to work at the hotel um, as a maid and housekeeper and you know she, but she needs a place to stay so her sister the sister did some things and so now he's staying so they're basically roommates is basically the point they're roommates and she's a single mom and a little bit grumpy sunshine but not super grumpy sunshine because he's not super grumpy it's more like he just likes to be by himself um and she's now in his space so yeah um i'm really liking it um probably more than the first one um but yeah, I do enjoy it, which again, I can't, I feel like the ending really makes or breaks a book. So we'll have to see how it goes. But so far I'm enjoying it and I'm really liking the series and I'm excited to see where it goes. Devney Perry just really knows how to write small town romances that make me happy. So I will probably keep reading them for a very long time. And that is everything I have read. <laughs> so yay. Good for us. Good for us. Good for us. Okay. So the casting, there were Four new characters casted in the Shadow and Bone TV series, which is, for those of you who may not know, is based on the Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows book series. Um, and these characters are appearing in season two of the show. And they came in in book, well, some of them, I don't know. I don't know. Some of them, they, some of them come in later in the respective series that they're in. Others were just left out of the first season for some reason. AKA Wylan. Yeah. Um, so we have the casting now for Nikolai, Wylan, Tamar, and Tolia. What was everyone's thoughts on the on the cast, on the new cast members? Um, I mean, the the guy that they cast for the twin is very hot. So is the girl for that matter. They're both very attractive. Mm -hmm. Um, I appreciated that. They fit the vibe, I think. Yeah. Yes. So Nicola, as we all know, is one of my favorite characters in the whole series. Um, so is Wyland. I love Wyland so much. Um, and I think they both, well, the, I definitely like the Wyland actor. Um, oh, I I'm think, obsessed with the Wyland yeah, actor. Yeah, I think he'll do His a name, great We should job. probably be mentioning names. Oh, Jack that's T true. Jack, Jack T. T. Wolf. Jack yeah. T. He is Wolf. Like, he is exactly Wyland to a T. Like, he looks so really true. innocent, but I can totally see him being like, oh, yeah, but let's go blow something up. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's what I yeah, want. Yeah, I think he's going to do a great job. 
Um, Nikolai, on the other hand, I don't know. I didn't really have much of a reaction when I saw the actor. I, I mean, which is like, he's not in costume or anything. Like, I guess he could look like Nikolai. Like, obviously he's not going to look how I pictured him and that's fine. Um, and then there were also like some weird tweets, like pulled up about him. And I think some of the other actors too, like the actors who got cast as Tamar and Tolia from like 10 years ago that are like, I don't, yeah. I'm not going to read them on here. Cause they were pretty like vulgar, but um, yeah. So that I don't, I don't like that, but yeah, we'll see. I will say if you just delete all your tweets, I'm going to be highly suspicious. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all I'm going to exactly. say. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's definitely like a weird vibe and like, I don't know, but given Very some weird. of the other background issues that Shadow and Bonus have had, on their like you know with the brown face and stuff like that i would not be surprised if things are happening um so i'm just going to revel in how great wildlands casting is what do you mean things what do you mean things what do you mean like shady sketchy shady sketchy things yeah like with the how brown face how they handled the brown face of yeah but you said things are happening what are but what are things what do you mean? Like things that we don't know about. What do you? I don't know what you what you want her to say. Like I don't know. I just didn't. Well, like Jesse May Lynn like was talking about it and like was basically dismissing everyone's concerns. Um, there was I can't remember the other stuff, but like there's been a lot of like racism issues like all around. Are just so people are just being annoying and shady. Is what you're saying. Like Correct. And, the, and there's oh, okay. including I just didn't the, know. Like, back, yeah, yeah, including like the stunt up, like hiring a white stunt double for an edge is not a great look i thought you were saying i don't know but the way you said it i was like what does trudy know like i thought you're like oh i don't know anything you were like things are happening and i thought you meant like things are happening that we haven't seen and no no no. i just didn't know thank you for your clarification though yeah i think anything i know everyone else probably also knows um but yeah i just mm, yeah mm, shows are not going to be good when they do production it's fine it's not fine but you know and it's like, yeah, and it dampened my like, because I was like, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. we have Nikolai, even though I didn't really have like a huge reaction to him, I was like, okay, like maybe once I see him cut. And now I'm just like, why can't you yeah. hire like good people? Like, yeah, I don't know. I also was like, at first I was kind of annoyed because here's the thing. I think people on the internet are too comfortable with being mean because mm-hmm. initially people were like, he's ugly. And I was right. like, okay, I was that's, like, that's, really not, that's not okay. <laughs> right. I was yeah. like, why are people like, exactly that was and I remember when um I don't know if any remember one remembers the darkest mind series when they casted um the guy who plays Liam in the movie I never actually watched the movie but I just remember when his casting was announced people were so like rude and I feel like when like the big like characters in a series get casted people just always if they're not like exactly how they pictured them people will just like insult their appearance like just literally say anything and it's like these actors just got casted and they're probably like they're, they're probably they might be seeing this shit they like, can see it they can see right. it they got and I'm like exactly and I agree with Grace like people are way too comfortable like just saying mm-hmm. absolutely horrendous things about people's appearance now that does not count for the for the bad tweets in the past I was right. just talking about the people calling him ugly right, right. so what I was gonna say is like yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But um, I was going to say, at first I was like, how dare they do this to this, this poor man? But then I was like, <laughs> oh, well, I still, still shouldn't say it. Still shouldn't say it, though. Yeah. Until yeah. after the tweets have been revealed, then you can call them <laughs> ugly all you want. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. There are yeah, better I mean, insults we can turn to. People. I think the other thing, I, think, I guess for me, because, you know, I've 
been very public on this podcast that Nikolai is fine. I just don't get the hype. Like for me, it was like, he was fine. Like he looked, he was a blonde guy. So I was like, this is whatever. Like he's that's fine. Um, Cause it's really, again, like Sarah mentioned earlier, it's going to matter like what he looks like in costume and like right. how, and he, how he acts. acts like as yeah. right. Like when Nikolai he is really about the, the charisma. Right. So like, that's going to be what's the, really the important part. Yeah. So I didn't really care what Nikolai was going to look like as long as he was blonde. I was like, whatever. Although to be fair, I was, I will say I was a little disappointed that neither one of Nikolai or Wyland, they decided to just race bend them and like do something not white, but whatever. It's fine. Um, but overall, I was really that's, cared about Wyland's. I was so going to say, was that's true. I saw rumors that they were going to be doing that. So I was kind of, yeah. yeah. I was maybe a little they, disappointed. Maybe they felt like they'd already done it enough. Which, which is not a good thing yeah. to think, obviously. Like, but. I'm glad, obviously, the twins were Asian, whatever we want to call Asian in this case. But, like, yes, I'm happy that they were some sort of East Asian. Um, but, yeah, I kind of would have been, I, I mean, I would have been totally okay. Because, I mean, whoever they, Jack Wolf is not a redhead. So I would have been fine with whatever they wanted to do there. But I'm happy with the casting for Wyland. And also I've seen him, in, um, I saw some clips of him. He was apparently in The Witcher for, like, a little bit. Um, yeah, so he, definitely has the, he definitely has the vibes. So I'm, I'm excited. I was just going to say really quick. Also, there's a really good um, Jasper and Wyland edit to Cruel Summer. And yes. I will be retweeting it on the podcast account so that Please everyone do. can know what I'm talking about. Please, it's we so need good. To share, it's... Yeah, we need to share that with everyone. Yes. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, even for me, like I did, I wasn't really that like invested. I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't want to say I wasn't invested in Nikolai's casting because whoever it was when it was announced, I pretty much knew I wasn't going to have any feeling on it because I didn't really care if they didn't look how Nikolai was described in the book. It was more, mm-hmm. I more care that he like embodies the character. So that's why I think I'll have more judgment when the show comes out. If he really like, I guess, embodies Nikolai's like who I forget which one of you said charisma and just like his, yeah. you know, flirting with everyone and, you know, just Nikolai as a whole. So I really hope, you know, this actor does a good job. Um, on I that guess. note, I would absolutely be on board for Nikolai uh, flirting with Mal as Grace. Oh, please. Yeah. Please. Let's, let's have that. <laughs> I'm However, starting the campaign now. Um, yes. The show will end with Mal <laughs> and Alina and Nikolai in a polyamorous relationship, or there will be blood. Thank That's you. what I'm saying because they made show Zoya suck, so I don't want her and Nikolai. Right. True, so. true. Also true. Um, also, side note, but today um, Archie posted a, a video, uh, a photo of him shaving his head off again, and I was like, why? Why can't we let Mal grow out his hair? I know. Why is this necessary? That's the anyway, guy who plays Mal for those at home. Correct. Yeah. I was very sad because he looks great with his hair. He, looks, he still looks great without hair, but like he looks even better with hair. But whatever, he's it's fine. Like, he's like a military person though. So it, I mean, it makes sense that he has to shave his hair. But he wasn't in the military. He's on the run right now. He doesn't need to have, yeah, he doesn't have his hair grown out. That's true. Whatever, it's fine. Maybe they need it for continuity. Yeah. But hair growth whatever. could show time has passed. Right. And he grew out his hair to show that time had passed. Maybe they need to like <laughs> film like a big, I don't know. Who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Apparently there are rumors that it's going to come out in December of this year. I don't know if that's true, but it, it, the timing would work out. So yeah, would make I also sense. saw someone say there's no way because shows that require that much CGI, like take a really long time to come out, but I don't know anything. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Oh, um, this is about your. Our last thing. subject oh before my we God. move into the full topic is that I just want everyone to know that, yes, indeed, we have seen that Andrew Garfield was supposed or was in the running for Prince Caspian 
next to Ben Barnes, but that he was not picked because he was not handsome enough, evidently. So we are, I had to acknowledge that we had seen it as, you know, especially me as a Narnia stan, I had to acknowledge that I'd seen it. Also, um, Netflix geeked, made this tweet and that we retweeted on the book host Twitter. Go check it out. That was like, fine, make me your Caspian was the caption. And they Photoshopped Andrew Garfield's head onto Ben Barnes' The Darkling's yeah. body. And I just want to say, the owner of Netflix geeked. You can come out and say that you listen to our podcast. You don't have to hide it any longer. <laughs> you should speak your truth. I know you do. Um, if you're listening, please, for the love of God, get me into the Narnia Netflix writer's room or something. I got great ideas. Thank you. Okay. Um, I, I have one more thing to bring up before we move on. Um, one other thing that uh, Grace will probably bring up again in like a month from now, but I just thought the people should know that earlier this week, Grace texted us saying that for her class, she needs to read erotica. And therefore I sent her a, like 50 links of a different erotica for um, to read, um, including a lot of Alien, because I do feel like sci-fi, right? She would enjoy Alien. But I just want to put that out into the ether that eventually uh, Grace has to read some erotica. So look forward yeah, to this, that. I guess this is a little PSA that I'm once again taking a class where I have to read things. This one's an adult class so like adult fiction and adult nonfiction, and i will be coming on here every week some of my choices will be like yeah that sounds like something grace would read and sometimes you're gonna say is she being held at gunpoint so you know the erotica is gonna be one of those anyway we all right we're done now join us in wishing grace the best on her erotica journey yes <laughs> okay before we get to the actual point of this episode which is discussing when you get the chance by emma lord Um, Here's a word from our sponsors. And we're back. Now we can get to the main point of this episode, which is When You Get the Chance by Emma Lord. So When You Get the Chance is Emma Lord's third book. Um, For those of you, I don't know, maybe you're a new listener who may have missed this. We all love Emma Lord and her books. Um, She was on on a previous episode with us. She talked about her books and answered a few questions, you know, chatted with us for a little bit. So definitely go back and listen to that episode if you haven't. And you should also go back and read her two previous books, which are Tweet Cute and You Have a Match. And also we have discussion episodes for those as well. So go listen to those. Um, but you can listen to this one without listening to those. Um, and you can read when you get the chance without reading those two. So if when you get the chance sounds more appealing to you than the other two, um, then, uh, you could you can start with that one. So when you get the chance is a young adult book. As we've said, it is about a girl named Millie. She is a high schooler. She lives in New York and she's really obsessed with musical theater. Um, she lives with her dad and her aunt, who is her dad's sister. And she doesn't know who her birth mom is. Her dad knows, but he has been very elusive about this woman's identity over the years. And she was fine with that. But then she got into this pre-college program called Madison, which I believe is in California. So far away, it would be far away. Her dad does not think she should go. It's like a musical theater program. So it would like get her foot in the door into like Broadway spaces quickly or more, more quicker. Sure. Um, Sure. sure. (laughs) And he's just not, he just doesn't want to let her go. So she has some weird idea (laughs) that if her birth mom was in the picture, and she, the only thing she knows about her birth mom is that her birth mom was into musical theater too. And she's not even supposed to know that. She eavesdropped on a conversation years ago. 
So she has she gets this idea in her head that if her birth mom was in the picture, her birth mom would be on her side. And then she the birth mom would be able to sway her dad into letting her go to this pre-college program. So she stumbles across her dad's old live journal pages where he starts talking about the women that he was with during the time in which Millie would have been conceived. And she figures out the identity of these three women and she hatches this Mama Mia plot to figure out which one of them is her mom. And so the course of the book is about that. Then there's also some other shenanigans. She gets an internship um, with her classmate, who she has a rivalry with. He's like the manager at her high school, like the stage manager. They have a rival to lovers relationship that's really fun. Um, there's milkshakes because Emma Lord loves mm-hmm. dessert. Uh, and yeah, that's the, that's the gist. Did I do yeah. okay? Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of Broadway references. So if you're really into Broadway or musicals, um, you'll definitely enjoy this book. Um, There's, you know, Mamma Mia vibes. There's Mamma Mia references. So all Mamma Mia fans should read this book. ABBA references as well. Of course. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, do we want to get into our non-spoilery discussion first? Sure. So if you haven't read the book, you can listen to this part and we'll tell you when we're getting into spoilers. So what did we, what were our overall thoughts on the book? I mean, I liked it. Um, I think Emma Lord's writing is really awesome. And I think for me personally, that is what carried the book. Um, As I have said many times, YA contemporary is very hard for me just because they're teenagers and I work with teenagers all day. And so sometimes I can't necessarily vibe. Um, Millie is very interesting character. She's obviously very into uh, musical theater, which is really fun. And like all the references were really great. Uh, but there were times where she was acting like a teenager and I was very frustrated and that's fine. And I was like, she's acting like a teenager. It's fine. So any issues I had with this book were completely because of the genre and not actually because of the book. Um, but I really loved all the secondary characters. They were really fun. Um, Millie's best friend is probably, was probably my favorite. Um, I love him. He's great. Is that um, te- Teddy? Teddy. Teddy. Yeah, he was really okay. awesome. I loved the whole geo, the geo catching thing. Like that mm-hmm. was really funny. Um, and then, you know, she, they, in Millie's travel, she meets um, a girl, Chloe, and she's awesome too. She's really fun. So yeah, I really liked all the secondary characters. Also all of the like potential moms are really fun too. And like they all bring like different things. Um, and I really, really loved the epilogue, which we'll talk about later, but I really loved the epilogue. But yeah, I liked it overall. And, but it, for me, it was just like, it's a contemporary YA. So it was sometimes hard for me, but that's fine. I also like the geocaching thing. I just want to say, I think that was very, I feel like Emma Lord does a good job at like taking things that are relevant at the moment, like trends, trends, because mm-hmm. ge- geocaching, that's kind of a trend right now. Um, and putting it in her books and like doing it in a way that makes sense because I feel yeah. like it just made sense. It just made sense. It, it added to the story. It made it unique. And she brings in so many little side things that just like they they're there to like spruce up the story and yes. they don't feel like out of yeah. place or intrusive. Like they just they're seamlessly woven in there so well. And they go like throughout the story. Like the geocaching mm-hmm. is like what like it works for the plot. Like it's a plot device, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's a cool plot device. Yes. Um, I also loved the book. I gave it five stars. It was great. I think Tweet Cute is probably still my yeah. number one. But I do think I actually did like this a bit more than you have a match. I liked the vibes. I liked, maybe it all has to do with the dessert because <laughs> what was the dessert and you have a match? 
I don't think it was a dessert, but like, remember the, they were, they still cooked a lot. I think I remember them. It was more like cooking than baking. That's true. That's true. Not that there's not that milkshakes are baking. Yeah. There was no baking. Yeah. Yeah, No dessert. Regardless. I love milkshakes. A big part (laughs) of this book is um, her aunt, Millie's aunt owns this place called the milkshake club, which is where you make milkshakes and they have like, um bands come and play and you just watch the bands and you drink milkshakes and I'm so angry that I cannot go to the milkshake club because I would love to and they make these zany little milkshakes um yeah that that really wasn't that big part of a book but it was a big part of the book to me and I'm <laughs> just part of Grace's <laughs> appeal of the book it was um I also I loved the musical theater references as, as well I'm not like a huge musical theater person but I, I, I dabble. I dabble. I don't sing or anything. I did dance for a really long time. So sometimes they would make references to like, I know what those are, like character shoes. I was like, I know. Say no more. You don't need to describe these to me, Emma Lord. I've worn those before. Um, <laughs> so those were fun as well. Um, I'm sure I missed some because I'm not like a huge musical theater person, but I probably got the gist. And then, uh, of course, the Rivals to Lovers. Um Romance in the book with Chef's Kiss, Emma Lord invented Rivals Deliveries, and I loved that as well. And I liked the little mystery of the moms as well, too, which we'll probably talk about more mm-hmm. when we get into the spoiler section. Yes. Yeah. So true. Um, Emma Lord really did invent Rivals Deliveries. Mm-hmm. And I do want to point out, I think because Grace mentioned this, like Tweakute is probably still my number one as well. Um, and I think I know why. And I think it's because Tweakute had dual perspective. And I think for me personally, dual perspective makes a romance pop more. Um, and then that one also was more focused on the romance than on anything else. Like, obviously, there's two characters growing, but it was more focused on the romance. Whereas this book was really about Millie's journey about figuring right. out her birth mom. And like the romance was a secondary subplot, which was fine. And it was a really good subplot. And I did really like it. Um, but yeah, so I think because this one was a, I think I just like dual perspective more, which I know is our, the unpopular opinion of the podcast. But yeah, so I do think that was the other reason why I liked Tweet Q a little bit more than this one. Yeah, Tweak Cute is just always, I think, I don't want to say like it's always going to be my favorite of Emma Lord's books because who knows, but like it's just so, I don't know, it's just such a special book to me. I read it at like the perfect time. It's just, there's just something about mm-hmm. it. I don't know. I can't explain it. So Tweak Cute is still my favorite, but similarly to Grace, I like this one even more than You Have a Match. And I really, really like Do You Have a Match. Um, I gave this book, I gave, um, sorry, I'm getting well mixed up. I gave You Have a Chant. Oh my God. <laughs> You have a chance. We're shipping Emma Lord's books and that's their ship name now. Yeah, that's their ship name. You have a chance. Um, When you get the chance, I gave when you get the chance five stars as well. Um, I really, really enjoyed this book. Um, It, I'm also not like huge into musical theater, but the one musical I do love is Mamma Mia. I love both movies. I've seen them both like hundreds of times. And the only show I've ever seen on Broadway is Mamma Mia. So this was perfect for me because it had like enough. I understood some of the Broadway references just from like being a person existing in society and just like <laughs> knowing. And then the Mamma Mia references, obviously. Um, and I just I love the way Emma Lord, like we were saying before, she weaves so many different like weird little things into the story that really enhance it and make it feel if she makes her worlds feel very rich and real um Millie as a main character I thought she was a great main character she had a really strong voice and she didn't the side characters were all really strong too but it's sometimes in books I feel like 
if the side characters are really strong, they can overshadow the main character. But I don't feel like that happened with Millie. She had, like I said, a very strong voice and a very well-developed personality. And I loved reading about her relationships with all the side characters and everything. Um, I'm for, what was, what was the guy's name? Shoot. I cannot remember. Oliver. Oliver. Yes. Um, I loved seeing her relationship with Oliver grow. Um, Emma Lord really did invent rivals to lovers. It was just so well done. And I feel like they grew together really naturally and they weren't rivals in a way that they were like aggressive. I don't know, like they didn't like each other, but they weren't, it wasn't like overly aggressive or anything. So it was kind of cool to see them kind of realize that like, oh, we didn't actually need to be like just passively rude like we could have been friends all this time and then yeah but their relationship just felt very natural and uh, I also did love the epilogue which we'll talk about and then Millie's relationship with her dad was also really well written there's just so many topics to touch on in this book I don't I will have to love to get into stuff more later Um, but yeah I just I had a really great time reading this I also just want to make a quick comment about her relationship with her dad which I also really loved and I think that's a compliment to Emma Lord because normally in like books or movies or TV shows, if the character is like really close with their dad and either doesn't have a relationship with their mom or like doesn't like their mom, I'm like, well, you've lost me. Like, I can't relate to you whatsoever. And I don't care. But I did not feel that way with this book. I was like, this is cute. I enjoy this. So, you know, testament to Emma Lord. <laughs> I also really liked her relationship with her aunt and I kind of wish that yes. was a little bit more highlighted. Mm-hmm. I wish we'd gotten a little bit more of that, but I did really like what we did get of her relationship with her aunt. Me too. And the whole, I also love what Grace brought up the milkshake club. I want to go to the milkshake mm-hmm. club too. I, I'm maybe there, I'm sure it's, you know, in New York city, I'm sure there's some place that's similar to it, but yeah, you just go also, and milkshakes and live music. I would totally read an entire book just about the Yang um, brothers band. Like, oh yeah, I would too. I would totally just read a book about them because they were just so much fun. And they're like, they had one scene where they were performing and they were so much fun. Yeah. Well, so for those at home, sorry, for those at home, I don't know why I always say that. I'm going to keep doing it. I think it's fun. (laughs) But for those at home, the Yang brothers are Oliver, who is the love interests brothers and they have a band and that's a little plot point in the book. That's true. It was good. I, it was a good plot point. How like Millie, I don't know. I don't want to get into that. That's kind of a spoiler. We'll talk about that more later. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of tweet cute references. For example, they went to Big yes. League Burger one time. In my mind, I was like, go to girl cheesing. But I was yeah. like, okay, the Big League Burger, I guess. If you want to go to like a chain restaurant or whatever. <laughs> I'm just if kidding. you want to contribute to capitalism. Yeah, that's fine. I guess. That's fine. Like, take money from a small business i'm just kidding but um yeah big league burger was referenced and then wasn't there a pepper and there was a pepper reference yeah where they explicitly talked about pepper and how she um was working for the was working for um the other restaurant now so wait a minute was that i so you guys said that but i didn't see it in the i it was in the beginning they don't mention they don't her by her name. name. Yeah, oh, but you can tell okay. we're talking about Pepper. Yeah. I was also reading, I got an advanced copy from NetGalley, so I'm wondering if that was, I don't know, I'll have to go back and look because I do I do not remember It was towards that. the beginning. It was like the first 20% or something. Yeah, yeah it was okay. early on. I'll have to go back and look. Also, there was a Spider-Man reference. I've been yes. waiting for this day. <laughs> I, I just knew it was coming. I thought that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we move into our spoilery thoughts? Yeah. 
Sure. Okay. So if you haven't read the book yet, stop listening now and go read it and then come back and listen to this half of the episode. So what spoilers should we discuss? I want to know at what point did you both figure out that it was Georgie? Okay. So I'm glad you asked. I didn't. So here's what I was, I was going to say. So, I'm pretty dumb. I did not I, figure that. I out. mean, I did figure it out, but here's what happened. So Shruti text. Shruti, I finished this book earlier this morning. Um, Shruti finished it. I don't know when she finished it, but Last a couple of days ago. So you texted us a couple of nights ago or something. And you said, um, Oh, I knew, I knew it was going to be redacted. Like I knew her mom was going to be redacted. And so I was like, Oh, so it's a plot twist who her mom is. Um, that doesn't mean it was a plot twist. The way I that could just guess what it could, I could have just been guessing which th- of the three it was. I guess that's true, but for whatever reason, I interpreted it that way, and I kind of had been expecting that either way. Anyway, I kind of had been expecting that it was a plot twist. So if it was a plot twist, then that means it would be a character outside of the three women that she had picked, and the only two female characters outside of the three women she picked were Georgie, who was one of my thoughts, but then the other one, <laughs> and this is I, I had this thought for a split second and then I was like that would be weird and I hope that and I don't think that's gonna happen but the only other female character outside of these three is um Heather who is the aunt so for a quick second I was like maybe she's not really her aunt and she's really her mom and then I was like no that would be strange that would be really weird and fucked up. So if never mind, not, that's definitely not going to happen. If this was not a YA novel, I could have seen it being, I'm sure at some point I've read a book where it really is the aunt, but it's not because the dad is actually the dad. It was just like, she gave it to the dad to like pretend to be the dad, if that makes sense. But it's like really the aunt was the mom. But so like the dad's not actually the dad. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It, it does. Anyway, but that was not the case but, in this book. Anyway, yeah, but I knew so I knew it wasn't going to be one of the three because I caught on to this from the very beginning. So they found the three candidates from her dad's Facebook page. Right. So if they were friends, no, because they found out the names, but then they went to her dad's Facebook page to narrow down who it is. So if they were friends with her dad and she met all of them and they didn't recognize her. That told me that none of them were her mom because they would have recognized her because her dad probably, even though he, even if he doesn't post on Facebook much, she said he didn't, he would have at least posted, you know, a couple of photos of her, you know, every now and then. So at least they would have had some like inkling of recognition, you know, well, well, Georgie didn't recognize her until she went. Well, Georgie, Georgie is not on Facebook. She said that. So that's how. Yeah. So she purposely was not friends with the dad on Facebook because she didn't want to see photos of her. So the other three, it was bugging me the whole book. I was like, I hope this is addressed because if it's one of them, this is, this is like kind of a plot hole, but it was addressed and it makes sense. Cause I was like, the dad would have at least like, you know, update his profile photo every five years or something like that, you know? So I was like, they, if they're friends with him on Facebook, then they have some idea of what she looks like. So they would have at least had some weird recognition moment with her when they saw her, but none of them did. So that kind of clued me in that it wasn't any of the three women that she thought it was, but that's yeah, as far I think, as I got. I think about halfway through, maybe before that, I don't remember what it was. It was like the second meeting when, um, when Millie meets Georgie, I was like, okay, they're spending a lot of time talking about her interactions with George. Like she's spending a lot of time with her interactions with Georgie. Georgie's probably the mom. And so that's pretty much where I was like, oh yeah, Georgie's the mom, but it was fine. Um, I mean, I didn't mind that I knew. I think it was just one of those things where I was like, oh yeah, I knew that, but it's okay. 
Yeah, it was, it was, a nice, it was nice little, to be validated. Yeah, it was a nice little twist. I thought. I thought yeah. it was yeah. executed well. Mm-hmm. What were y'all's thoughts about the fact that Georgie gave her up? Did you have any? If so, what were they? I mean, I think um, I got it because they were established pretty early on that um, they were both still like very young. So I can totally understand not wanting to have a child when you're that young. Um, and I think I, and especially when George, and of course they have a scene later on where Millie and George are talking about this. I was like, I, I understand that at the time when you're that young, you don't, are not ready for a child and you're not going to be able to give it the best life that you do. You give the baby up to someone who can. And I think I, I was like, I was okay with it. Obviously Millie has, uh, is completely okay having her emotions of not being okay with that and like feeling abandoned and going through all of her insecurities for that. Um, but I did like, I think it was fine. And I especially liked how in the epilogue, they addressed that a little bit about how she's back in her life. Um, kind of more of like an aunt rather than a mom. Cause you know, her mom, her aunt is basically her mom. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was really, I thought that it was all handled well. Yeah. Me too. I just saw, I feel like I saw a couple of good reviews that were like, she was abandoned. And I didn't really agree with that take. I just wanted no. to see if y'all had yeah. those thoughts. I think Georgie, as well. I think, yeah, I think Emma Lord did a good job making Georgie like sympathetic and you like understood where she was coming from. Yeah. So getting more into Millie and Oliver's relationship, we already said, you know, rival lovers excellence, but did you have any more like what did you guys think specifically? Like what were your favorite parts? Um, Sarah alluded to this earlier, but I like, I guess this is me realizing that I like this. I guess I like acts of service, I guess, mm-hmm. because I really yeah. liked That's my the love book. language. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not mine at all, but I like it when other people do it, I guess. Cause I really liked the moment when she like, when they were doing things for each other, like I mm-hmm. liked that he took her to the surprise party and I liked that she got his brothers booked at the milkshake club, but he didn't know that she did it and like came out and she didn't tell mm-hmm. him someone else spilled the beans. I liked that a lot. That was good. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he had no idea. He never thought she would do something like that for him and his brothers and everything. And it was, I just really liked it because she found out something that was important to him and a big part of his life. And she, she made that happen. I just thought that was mm-hmm. so sweet. Um, and then yeah, and the part where he accidentally sends her to the wrong um, address in the beginning, to the wrong, I think it was like the dog groomer or something. He sends her in the complete wrong direction. And I I did, I wasn't sure whether or not to believe him that it was a mistake or something like that. But that was a really, I thought that was a really interesting way to kind of jumpstart their, their, I guess, rivalry in the internship and everything. And then give them a place to go from there to kind of grow together more. I agree. Yeah, I thought they were fine. I, again, like, I thought they were cute. I just wasn't, I, like, honestly, I'm trying to think of, like, my favorite moment of them, and I can't really think of one. I, I think I liked them at the um, surprise party. I think that was probably my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. They were fine. Yeah. They were cute. Okay. Um, any other thoughts before we read some emails? I have a question, and I don't know if y'all know the answer to it, and I don't know if this question crossed y'all's minds as well. Is Baron Levate supposed to be Aaron Tevit, Tevate, whatever his name is? Oh, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Oh, I didn't think about that either. <laughs> Maybe. He's got to be, right? His name is Baron Levate. And then Aaron Tevate's <laughs> name is Aaron Tevate. 
I didn't know that. Am I crazy? Maybe one of the Maybe one of our emails will ask the same question. If not, yeah. if anyone's listening ask, to this. We, yeah, we need to ask him a Lord. Yeah, we need to ask him a Lord. But also anyone who's listening, if you had a similar thought, please slide in our DMs or add us on Twitter at the book host. I need to know if I'm not, if I'm crazy. Yeah, please not. let us know. I never knew that's how you said his name. So that didn't occur to me, but. It may not it be. Could be. It could be. <laughs> I don't know how to say his name either, but that was my first thought. Anyway, moving on to our favorite part which is emails we got three we got three whole emails this time what a great time it's been a while i feel like it's been a while since we've read an email so and the lord very... draws a crowd what yeah exactly say? so glad to see these emails and also they're from some people that are some some infrequent flyers that was a weird way to phrase it. But, you know, we have our frequent flyers and then we have some people that don't email as often. And these are some people that we don't email as often. And one brand new person who has Ooh. emailed us. So we will get to that when we get there. But our first email is from Rachel. Um, and her email is titled The Tweet Cute Cinematic Universe and Book Goals. Oh, so email us about book goals too i have not read any of these because i had not finished the book yet and i did not want to get spoiled it's happened before on accident (laughs) that was my fault as we've discussed but we're moving on now i'm gonna read the email um first of all thank you for picking a book i just read i feel like i did homework in advance (laughs) um second i absolutely love when you get the chance i read in two days because i had covid that last week Oh no, I hope you feel better. And was stuck in my house and it improved those days immensely. Though I am not that much of a musical nerd, I do appreciate a good musical from time to time. And I still loved Millie and all of her complexities and the rest of the cast of the book. The mild annoyances to lovers, a favorite trope of mine. So true, so true. So true. Um, And tweet cute references were the icing on the cake. It's a good little pun. Um, (laughs) And I look forward to more installments in Emma Lord's tweet cute cinematic universe. Coining that right now in advance. You know, the MCU wishes they had what Emma Lord has, you know? (laughs) Um, That was not, that was my (laughs) add-on. That that was not in the email. (laughs) Anyway, um, also, after listening to your most recent episode, I looked at my reading goals for 2021, and I actually fulfilled most of them including finishing the Trials of Apollo series. Wow, so true, Stan, Rick Riordan. Um, So I made some more goals for this year. Read some Marissa Meyer books because she's an author I've actually never read, even though her books are very popular. I just somehow missed them. That's a good goal. You should read some Marissa Meyer books. I recommend, obviously, The Lunar Chronicles, but Heartless is a little bit of a hidden gem. I really like that one too. Some wise words from Sarah. Um, Read the Raven Cycle again. Very popular book. Oh my god! Yes, never followed through on reading them. I yes, I also agree. Read those. Um, they're good. Read some of the Rick Riordan presents books because I want to read some more fun mythology based things while I wait for the Percy Jackson Disney Plus series. That's a good goal. I've never read any of those either, but they're probably good. Um, read the books I get pre order campaign stuff for. I am a hoe for free things especially book-related, and sometimes that translates to entering pre-order campaigns and not actually reading the books that they're for. I want to change that this year. I am right there with you. That's smart. I've never, I've never thought about. I used to do that all the time. I stopped more recently because I just, I accumulated so many like little stickers and stuff. I was like, I need to stop. I don't even do anything with these. I just, and I had, I only read some of the books. I'm right there with you. 
Maybe my goal should be to do the opposite of yeah, you guys and you should start enter getting the free stuff and <laughs> not reading the books. Um, buy fewer books slash read the books I own, a goal that I also had last year and want to follow through with this year. Thank you for the podcast again, Rachel. That last one is also a goal of many of ours. So, Yes, very true. That was a good email. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah, yeah thank you, that, Rachel. That hit both of our most recent topics. Thank you. It did. Um, all right. Our next email is from Ria, which is Ria has never emailed us before. First time emailer. And Woo. thank you so much for that. We love it. We love to see it. Um, the title of her email is Cooper Price Sounds Like an Accountancy Firm. <laughs> a when you get the chance email. Um, dear Sarah Grace and Trudy. Firstly, hi, I am the girl who annoys you on Twitter. Secondly, thank you. Listening to these episodes feels like I'm spending time with friends, even when I'm actually working a 50-hour week in front of screens and tax returns. That's nice. Not the tax return stuff. Yeah, not the tax return. The friends friends. part. (laughs) And thirdly, my thoughts. I'm much more of a writer currently, and I'm a past tense third person slash omniscient writer at that. So this book was a trip, although per Shruti, I am aware that first person is a romance novel standard, and so I'm working with it. I feel like I'm going to end up reading significantly more of these types of books now that I've finished my first. One thing that struck me fairly early on and did not leave me at all was how Cooper Price sounds like a firm of accountants. Also, I'm not an old person by any stretch of the imagination, but having Millie be born in 2003 was painful. Um, oh, I so agree. True. I felt the same. I, I stopped reading. I was like, wait. Yes. I texted Sarah and Grace and was like, oh my God, it feels old. Yeah. Cause like my, my cutoff for like people that are young is like people born after 2000, 2000, because that's the year my sister is born. And so I think people just stopped existing after that. So I was like 2003, like that's not real. That was two days ago. You're a anyway. child. You're still <laughs> yeah. a little baby. Um, Apparently, I'm not still 17. Who knew? I am, however, a musical theater person, so all these references had me living, laughing, and loving. (laughs) Fun fact, I got Mama Me on DVD for Christmas in 2008, and I watched it three times that day, followed by basically once every day until the disc got too scratched up. So, I mean, Mama Mia lyrics being quoted in this, I was loving life. When the last of the potential mothers got ruled out, I had a cursed thought of, OMG, what if it's Georgie? And then couldn't put the book down until I got answers. Which, not my best plan, given that I had five minutes left on my lunch break. I think this needed to be the way it went, though, because if it had been one of the three, it could have been lackluster. The way it went had me feeling all of the things. Overall, this is a joy to read. I could pretend that I wasn't an adult for a while, and the relationship between Millie and her dad and her aunt was so nice to see. I feel like a single dad isn't something that you see much, which I suppose there's a reason for, but it was so heartwarming. I loved all the characters from the get-go, even Oliver, who I saw and instantly went, oh, yes, enemies to lovers. I only win. I also (laughs) really enjoyed the nods to geocaching throughout, right from the first time we met Teddy all the way through to the epilogue. I also think I've discovered I'm the sort of romance reader who squeals over kisses with a stupid grin on my face. Can't wait to hear all your thoughts on this book and (laughs) and to hear how many books Trudy read in the time it took me to read just this one XO. Rhea. P.S. Brownie points if you attempt to read this in a British accent exit. Well, you should have started the email with that because now it's too late. <laughs> Can't go back now. Oh, that was so great. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Rhea. I love it. Yes. 
Our final email is from Emily, who is, you know, a friend of the podcast. She's emailed us before. She is also um, one of the co-hosts of Anubis Backwards, our friends. Um, Her email is titled, Insert Clever Mamma Mia Joke Here. When I tell you that I loved every single second of this book, I am only speaking facts. When You Get the Chance is currently my favorite book read in 2020 in 2021. Maybe she read it last. Perhaps. I think she meant 2022. 2022. Perhaps. Or she's a time traveler. Or she just read it in 2021. Or she forgot that it's 2022. Which you know what has happened to me this Same. week. So I, it's fine. If Grace hadn't pointed it out, I don't think I would have I would have reacted to that. <laughs> I'm surprised I reacted to it too, because I also keep forgetting. I'll be talking about things and I'll be like, yeah, last year. And then I'm like, no, last year was 2021. Anyway, we've been in a, in a pandemic for two years. So, you know, who can tell? It's all a time. really long year, actually. Um, that's science. Anyway, this book grabbed me from the very first chapter. This was truly such a fun concept, and it was executed so insanely well. This may be my fa- favorite Emma Lord book. I loved the ending and loved seeing the little glimpses into where everyone ended up. I loved the characters. I loved Millie seeing parts of herself and all of her potential moms. I loved Millie's relationship with her dad and her aunt. The family dynamics were portrayed in such an amazing way. Truly just an amazing book. And I am thankful to the book host for introducing me to Emma Lord's writing. You're welcome. You're so Yay. welcome. We got to spread the word. We do. We really do. I also, I feel like we ha- didn't really talk about the epilogue that much, but I also liked the epilogue. And I feel like Emma yes. Lord also likes an epilogue because all yeah. her books have one. This epilogue was so good because like having everyone come together was just so much fun. And you know, it those was. are my like best types of epilogues. So anyway, but yes. Yeah. It just tied everything together with a little bit. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. did. All right. Any last thoughts before we wrap up? Oh, I did have one. I liked that um, Heather, which is the aunt, she was into women so she was we don't Mm -hmm. know what her sexuality is but anyway she was lgbt um and i like that inclusion and i feel like emma lord does a good job in like with the side characters having some sort of lgbt identity because she did it and you have a match and she did it and tweet Mm -hmm. cute and i feel like it's never like a big thing and I feel like she does it with characters that make sense because I feel like it could have been easy to make Teddy like gay or something. And then it could have been like the stereotypical gay best friend, perhaps it could have easily devolved into that, but she didn't. She chose the aunt. And I liked that and I appreciated it. Speaking of, I did not talk about this, but I really, really love the friendship slash sibling relationship between Millie and Teddy. I think that was my yes. favorite part of the book. Yeah, um, it was a good like platonic, you know. Yeah. And that was also like she could have made him gay just to be like see there's nothing going to happen between them right she didn't have to yeah they were both attracted to the opposite genders but they were still just friends and i really like that about them um even i as a friend still lover stand do in fact like platonic male female relationships and this Mm -hmm. is one of them so i did think that was really good and it was probably my favorite part of the book yeah it was great it was very well written all right well, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. We would love if you have any other thoughts or you didn't finish um, when you get the chance in time. I keep almost saying you have a match. If you didn't finish when you get the chance in time, you can still send us an email. We can still you know, read it. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, or you can send us a message on Instagram where we are at Pod. You can also send us a message on Twitter or you can tag us in a tweet. 
And our Twitter is at the bookos. Our email is bookospod at gmail.com. Um, but you should definitely go onto Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and write a review um, so that you can share the podcast with all of your friends. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Goodbye. Bye. We are also happy to announce that our February group read will be Weather Girl by Rachel Lynn Solomon, which both Grace and Sarah have mentioned that they have already started reading. Um, So we will be reading that in February. Um, And this was actually a book chosen by Emma Lord. So we will actually be discussing this book with Emma Lord in February on uh, February 21st. So our group read will be Weather Girl by Rachel Lynn Solomon, and it will be an episode where we have a discussion with Emma Lord.